the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Friday. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm ready for the weekend. Uh, yesterday, the uh, the Hogs lost. Two zip. Uh, they're out of the World Series now. And Ole Miss will uh, move on and take on Oklahoma. I'm, I'm thinking the first game will probably be Saturday. I, don't, I, I haven't seen the schedule yet. But, um, you know, the... The, the Diamond Hogs did well. Uh, they had a very tough go of it at the end of the season. They righted the ship, went deep into the postseason. So I give them credit. You know, uh, Dave Van Horn, hope that he's sticking around for a while yet. He just needs to get a team where he's got as much great pitching as he does great hitting. I mean, if he had had a couple of those pitchers from uh, last year, uh, on the staff this year, there had been no doubt in my mind they'd gone all the way. They w- they would have been there and done it. They had the pitching the year before, but they didn't have the hitting that, that you could depend on. And yesterday, even that uh, disappointed because they couldn't get the hit when they needed it. I mean, they had they had plenty of runners on ba- on the bags. They just couldn't get them in, and that's what Ole Miss did. They, they got a couple, a couple of opportunities and cashed in, and they're moving on, and we're not. That's just the way it works and the way it goes. All right, when you get up, if you want to get up early the next few days, because the moon is in a waning stage now, which means it isn't washing out other things that you can see up in, the, in our solar system, uh, you can see something right now. Uh, that hasn't occurred since 1864. It's been a long time since this, this went down. And that is, there are five planets that you can see with the naked eye. I mean, you can't make out the specifics, but you can see them. Uh, to naked eye up in the sky. And uh, right now you can see Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. Jupiter and Saturn, they've been pretty bright all through June. Uh, and even with a full moon, you could see them clearly, especially Saturn. Uh, but uh, I got up this morning. I got in, uh, got in the car. And uh, before I get in the car, I usually walk outside just to kind of see what, what it's like outside. I like to hear the quiet, hear the birds starting to wake up. And I looked up in the sky, and there they all were. Man, I could just see them. I, I got to tell you what, right now, Mercury is like a little diamond up there, just sparkling. 
really amazing to look at. But if you go out and look at it uh, and see it, you won't, uh, you know, you haven't been able to see that alignment since 1864. So it's pretty cool. I, I find that stuff pretty cool. You find that stuff interesting, Robert? I do. I don't know a lot about it. Uh, but I uh, I do find it interesting, and I like to look at. Sorry about the noise in the background. That's all right. Um, the but uh, I, I try to pay attention. You know, sometimes the news puts out oh such and such and so and so is occurring right now, and then I go outside and look for it. And, you know, I see a bunch of dots in the sky. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I guess I guess one of those is Mercury or or something up there or Saturn. So I'm not sure I'm too good at doing it, but uh, but but I often try. Well, you wouldn't miss it now. I mean, they're, uh, it's right bef- about a half hour before the sun comes up, and they are just, it, it looks like, uh, you know, God just hung them up in the sky. It really does. It's amazing to go up, go out and look at it, because by that time, the sky is just light enough that the stars are starting to dim, and those, but those planets are just, you know, shining out bright so you know next couple of days if you want to get up before the sun comes up <laughs> you can go out and take a There's look something at it. about where where the sun don't shine but i'm not sure we're talking about the same thing <laughs> no right? we're not we're not talking okay. by the way i heard that heard that door in the background was that your girlfriend leaving for the for the day yeah. no just, just <laughs> now just before your show started my uh, smoke alarm in, in one of the rooms started going off so i closed the door and i'll fix it after we get off the show <laughs> okay all right. Uh, you know, what, what are you supposed to change those batteries every, you know, spring forward, fall back, whatever it yeah, is? Yeah, every, spri- uh, every spring and fall. But but aren't we now not having those time changes? Didn't we do away with that? Uh, no, we isn't, still have the time isn't everybody changes. everybody going to now forget to change your batteries? I, I wish that they would keep us on the same time, but in their infinite wisdom, they have not. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we got to go through that. You know, every six months, you got to either gain an hour or lose an hour. It's back and forth and back and forth. You know, I hate it. Don't like it at all. Looks like Corbett is finally calling in. He's going to join us here by phone, evidently. He's not driving in today either. So uh, we'll be talking to him. We got a lot to talk about today. You know that. There's a lot to talk about today. If, oh, yeah. if, if anybody is number one what's that guns is number one well yeah we that's have an update on one of our gun lawsuits as well. oh good so we got it yeah. we got no, it's not good news but it's not bad oh. news. this is procedural news all right so for we've yeah. got national oh is chris here okay chris is coming up he's coming up the elevator so the bottom line is is that uh the supreme court yesterday uh overturned a new york law that was over a century old, and everybody goes, oh, they're one of those courts, they're, they're making law. No, no, no. It's, this is a law that nobody had gotten to the Supreme Court. They finally got it to the Supreme Court, and New York State lost uh, in the Supreme Court. Uh, about this particular law. We'll talk about it in just a moment. And and rightly should have lost about this particular law. And Robert can talk about it because he lived in New York for quite some time. So I'll tell you what, let me... The very license that was subject to debate uh, in this lawsuit. 
All right. Well, let's let's do this. Let's take our break, and then okay. Chris will get here, and we'll get him settled in here in the studio before when we come back. Pat Davis wants you to know he can save you thirty to fifty percent on your health insurance. He can make sure you have no more copays. He'll reduce the deductibles that you have on your uh, your uh, health insurance. And uh, you may start getting checks back from the hospital and your doctor. How does that all happen? Well, what you need to do is call Pat Davis. Pat Davis will talk to you at 501-605-6935. And you can talk to him online as well at yourhealthplanman.com. Now, here's what I – this is the biggest hurdle when I talk about Pat that i got to get over. Everybody says, sounds too good to be true. Well, let me tell you what. Call Pat, and you'll find out that it is not too good to be true, that it is true. And if you're not calling him, you're losing perhaps hundreds of dollars a month just on health insurance. And if you're a small business owner, you could be losing fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a year. Call Pat. Talk to him. 501-605-6935. All right, we're going to kick into the Supreme Court now because Chris Corbett has made his way into the studio. He's with us today, and and he hadn't noticed the planets either, uh, Robert. So I've let both of you know. Now you got to get up before the sun uh, comes up, about a half hour before, and you can see all five of the planets lined up. Won't I don't know how how long it's going to be until it happens again, but the last time it happened was 1864. That's a long time ago. Just letting you know. It's a long time ago. So anyway, uh, big things happened yesterday. Thank God for Justice Clarence Thomas. Oh, it's a fantastic opinion. Did you read I ca- it? I came up out of my chair. I, w- I was sitting in Judge Wendell Griffin's courtroom. <laughs> Boy, what a great courtroom <laughs> to be sitting in to read, you know, Clarence Thomas. Yeah, and it's... Uh uh, a great, great attorney sitting next to me, Clint Lancaster. He's doing some of the uh, election stuff for Trump. And he points his phone over to me, and I see this USA Today article. Six to three. That's what it was. You could carry your handgun. So who who came from the left and joined him? You know, I... I, I I haven't read the full. Well, I guess Roberts yet. joined him, so that would give him six, right? But, but I can, I can, I can guess who was on the left. Kagan well, was for sure on the yeah, left. Yes, she right? was. So do my Yeah, those two for sure. And uh, uh, Breyer. Oh, it's Breyer. Okay, because he's still there until what the beginning of the year, and then he or now because right. he'll be leaving and retiring right. now. And the new judge with Brown is that her name? Uh, yes. Yeah. No wait. Is it Amy? Yes. No, Amy Bar- Amy Barrett, Barrett is on the is on the side of conservatives. Brown, this new judge that Biden just put on. Oh, okay. Is, oh, that's right. She's just she'll be they'll be doing what do they call it, uh, Robert? When they they cloak them in the whole nine yards, you know, you, they put the cloaks on them and all that. Oh, I, I always jokingly call it the coronation, but it's not a coronation. <laughs> the There's coronation. another word for it. I'll have to think of it. Well. Uh, you you uh, confused me when you told me about the new justice because she effectively ended the Me Too movement because she doesn't know what a woman is. No, she does not. I mean, she effect- I mean, because she's not she's a cre- biologist. That's right. She's credited with, with ending <laughs> the, the whole laugh. Me Too movement. She crossed it out, so I was confused when you said She uh, makes brown. me laugh from that, with that answer. <laughs> 
<laughs> that answer. I'm not a biologist. I wish that. The, yeah. Who was it that was asking that question? Was that was that what's her name from uh, Tennessee that asked that question? Oh, uh, what's a woman? Yeah. I don't. You yeah, know, I, I don't know. Who, I watched the. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was. It was I, I can't remember. It's a black Blackwood Blackmore. I forget what her name yeah. is. Anyway, she she should have followed up and said, "Well, what are you?" <laughs> I mean, give her the Pee Wee Herman question. So what are you? <laughs> you know, uh, th- there's an interesting nuance there, Dave. Um, and this whole uh, female biological thing. People have come to go, it's not what you are, it's what you do. And how something became what you do makes who you it's are. It's what you think you are. There you go. You it's what you think. It's all confusing. It's like listening to these people talk and talk about menstruating people yeah well only women menstruate oh no no because a woman who thinks she's a man really is a man so it's a man who's menstruating right no (laughs) well i haven't read the dissent in this six to three ruling on handguns i don't know what you can dissent against exactly what can you i mean i mean thomas clarence home run you know, just nailed it, right? The Second Amendment combined with the Fourteenth Amendment. Uh-huh. So the the due process, like the the deal was, they had to have a permit, and you had to have a legitimate purpose. You had to for the have permit. a legitimate reason. There you go to be able to have your right. <laughs> yeah. So what other whatever what other right do you have that you got to have a reason to be able to? Express your right, Robert. Is there anything else that they've said that you got to have a right? I mean, I understand they say you have to have a permit to march, maybe sometimes, and things of that nature. But you still have the right to march. Still, tell you that. Great analogy, Dave. I don't. I don't get well, it. Permit. Let me clarify a few go things. Ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, I'm the one that showed Chris on the phone. <laughs> Oh, wait, there was another attorney sitting next to me. I'm sorry, Rob, you're right. a modicum of credit that he constantly is stealing from me. That's the first problem right there, okay? He's too busy giving away my credit. Wait a minute. When we had a brilliant day in court. He was... um, And we'll talk about that in a moment. Yes, yes. Uh, And the second thing is, you do raise a very important point that in this opinion, only parts of which I've read, in in other words, I still haven't read the whole opinion. It's like 120 pages long. Oh, gosh. Uh, The court makes clear... That it's not even using these sort of tiers of scrutiny. It says if if there's a historical basis for this right uh, under the Second Amendment, that is, you have it. And most, uh, I had the very license that was at issue in this case. Oh, cool! In New York State, uh, if you don't own like a cash business or you're not a security guard, and pardon that noise in the background, I'm going to try to figure it out can't later. Hear it. We can't um, hear it, buddy. Oh, good, good. Um, the uh, uh, the only ha- uh, handgun license you could have is one that permits you, no pun intended, to take your gun from your home to a range in back, unloaded, mind you, in a box. Yeah, I re- <laughs> now I rem- I remember when that in itself was the impetus for this lawsuit. Yes, wait a minute. Um, Indeed, that was that's right. Wait a minute. You got to slow down there, Rob. I, you you have to have it in a box. Yeah, when unloaded. you t- when you take when you took it to the range, oh, yeah. you had to take it, unload it, 
and then put your gun in a safe box for a gun. Interesting. And carry it with you. And then wasn't there something about you, the gun could be in the in the car, but the ammo had to be in the in the trunk yeah, or vice versa? Yeah. Oh, my God. How right. stupid. The, 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 gun, the gun and the ammo had to be positioned in a way that they could not readily be combined. Yeah. So that was, yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, right? Yeah. Uh, this is the kind of bizarro nonsense that you hear uh, from leftists all the time. Uh, I'm still waiting, by the way. You know, the governor has his commission on school safety. I still haven't heard anything about uh, removing the authority of leftist superintendents to prevent people with enhanced licenses uh, from carrying guns uh, to school, uh, having teachers who want to carry guns to school. Why has that solution not been presented already? Um, so I had that license in New York, and I always thought it was absurd. And then years later, of course, I moved to the South uh, and discovered that people actually own guns and use them. <laughs> yeah, if necessary. Yeah, but, but by the way, by using them, I include in it carry them. That's Carrying right. a gun in and of itself is a use of a gun. Uh, that's why when the left talks about... Oh, you know, here's these tragedies with guns, and there are tragedies with guns. Of course, there are the tragedies with cars as well, you know, right. uh, more so with cars and with guns. Uh, but what they don't talk about is uh, all the crime that is stopped uh, with guns. And, of course, uh, organizations like the NRA publishes uh, stories about how, you know, uh, Joe House Robber tried to break into a house and, and the good guy simply flashed his gun and the bad guy ran away but we don't hear about those events from the left no 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 you don't you you very seldom although we've seen about two or three stories here in arkansas over the last couple of months you very seldom though hear about gun owners who use their guns in the way they're supposed to be used for self-protection right the media doesn't like to report it there was an entirely disingenuous story in the New York Times. Do I need to say that lead-in? <laughs> no, you don't. I don't know why you even read that trash. <laughs> exactly. Well, you, you, you got to, you know, it's like reading the uh, communist propaganda. You just want to yeah. know what they're saying. I guess. Um, right. And it said, it was talking about gun violence. And it said, uh, you know, uh, it, um, uh, there, are, there are many problems. One, uh, with the theory of a good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun. And he said, well, in most instances, uh, the bad guy wasn't stopped by a good guy with a gun. Yeah, because the good guys don't have guns. <laughs> yeah, in New York, <laughs> for sure. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very rough on the numbers, but let's say a quarter to a half of the bad guys either kill themselves or run away. Well, neither of those things would happen if the instant they walked in uh, and started shooting, a good guy shot them. So that is, that's disingenuous. Then they say, well, and then, of course, what could happen and has happened is a good guy picks up the bad guy's gun, and then the police mistake the, the good guy with the bad guy's gun for being the bad guy. Happened once. Happened That's right. Once. Yeah, I've read that. It, it did happen once. They take it. It happened once. Yeah. Happened in a um, in in a mall uh, in a parking lot uh, where the good guy shot the bad guy who had a rifle. Good guy had a handgun, and then for some reason the good guy picked up the rifle. It's not a smart move, frankly. Right. So no. Picked up the rifle. 
so don't do that. Kick Here's the a little tip for the future. Kick don't the rifle. That. Kick the rifle away from the That's assailant. It. That's it. You don't. Need, you don't need to pick it up. No. Um, so uh, yeah. here's the thing in general about guns. Guns are designed to kill, be it humans or animals. So the notion that they're dangerous is obvious, uh, meaning that you can have accidents and and other things happen that are unintended or intended that are bad, and you can have things that happen that are good. Stopping a bad guy with a gun is good. Having a bad guy kill innocents is bad. Yep. So our question is not whether guns are dangerous. Our question is what's more dangerous? Only bad guys having guns or bad guys and good guys having guns? Yeah, or bad guys having guns and good guys not having guns. Yeah. Or taking away your right, yeah. your God-given right to defend yourself. Yeah, well, here, right? here, here's my whole thing. Let me give you two of my major rules to live by. For the people who say, Hold up, I'm you, know, my pencil you, you know, you don't, you don't need, you don't need gun, Dave. You, you very seldom would ever even have to use it. And I go, yeah, that's you're, you're right. I hope I never yeah, have to use it. But better to have a gun and not need it than to need a gun and not have it. Nice. And, and then the other thing I always say, and they say, well, you end up in court. And I said, better to be tried by twelve than carried by six. Right. Indeed, we've all we've all heard that. You know that, that brought up a good. You point. hold your thought. Okay. All right, we got to get to the to the to some news. Right. We're going to have some local news for you. Then we'll be back with more. Robert Steinbach is here. So is Chris Corbett. I'll tell you about Robert when we get back on the Dave Ellswick show. All right, before we get back to Robert and Chris, let me remind you: if you're looking to get your roof worked on. All you have to do is call PI Roofing. They'll do the job. They'll do it right. They'll do it professional. You'll be a happy camper, I promise you. They've put two roofs on my house. I had to put a new roof on it when I bought it, and then I put another roof on it just a few months ago because I had uh, a hailstorm up in our area that had to be taken care of, and they did both of my roofs. They've also been at my house to fix some problems that have been caused by DirecTV and some other people that I let get up on my roof, and I should have been up there with them to make sure they were doing it right, but I didn't, and I paid the price. But uh, PM Roofing, man, I'm going to just tell you, if if you need a new roof, they'll tell you. If you don't, they'll tell you that as well. They can put on a quarter of a roof as well as they can put on a full roof, and uh, they do it all. They do it all well. If you take the warranty that you get from PI Roofing, add it into the warranty that you got uh, from the people who make the shingles and the felt and things of that nature, you shouldn't have to put another roof on your house. It should last for as long as you have your home. What you need to do is call them and talk to them about all of this. They've got great people that have come out and walked through this to you from A to Z, and they'll deal with the insurance. Uh, They'll take the appraiser up. They'll show them the problems. And most of the people I've talked to uh, in insurance, appraisers, all the rest, love working with P.I. Roofing, because P.I. Roofing doesn't blow a bunch of smoke up anybody's dress, all right? They get up there and show them what the problem is, and they say, yeah, you're right. There is a problem. It needs to be fixed. All right, so give them a call. Here's the number I use, 501-707-3551. That's 501 707 
3551 or do it on the internet uh, piroofing.com all right i've got robert steinbach here and i told you i introduced you to him that's because i have to say this whenever i have him on that he is a law professor over the bowen school of law his opinions are his and his alone and do not necessarily reflect those of the bowen school of law or the university to which it's attached. So uh, that protects, I guess, Bowen School of Law and UALR and lets them, you know, make sure everybody knows that they're typically wrong and it's them that makes those wrong decisions and not Robert. And then Chris Corbett is here. He's a practicing attorney. He is a how many generation Arkansan? Fifth. A fifth generation Arkansan. That's right. Lives over in the Conway area, and he joins us on Friday as well. Now, you were saying something. I made you shut up. I have no idea what You don't remember what you were talking about? What were we talking about? We were talking about guns. Oh, military bases. Yeah, oh, some military go. bases, and um, yeah, you brought that some, up during the break too. Yeah, they me. had some crazy rule about how or, you're a military guy or woman, and you can't have your nope. pistol on you on base. Nope. I was like, wait, how does that work? And it kind of, kind of got upset about it. If you have a concealed carry license, mm-hmm. I can't put, well, at least I couldn't at that time. I don't know. It might have changed. I'm, I'm going to yeah. say, check this out if oh, you you're a military. But yeah. wa- you can't just, you know, have your handgun stuck in your your holster in Correct. the back of your pants and your shirt down over it. Number one, you're going to have trouble with that if you're in uniform anyway. Yeah. Well, don't don't try to get onto the Jacksonville the Jacksonville Air Force Base. They, those those guards there are armed. Oh yeah. With bullets in their weapon. And they do have uh, weapons of uh, military destruction. Yeah, they sure do. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do have those real weapons of war in yeah, their hands. Those, right. those can be clicked. With one little click, it can go to fully automatic. Typically, I kept mine on three shots. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, you like the triple fire? Boom, boom, boom. Of course. I've never actually filed an automatic an automatic weapon. I want to. I can make the rock and roll button. You want to? You want to shoot? Yes, I want to make make that happen right now. What are you talking about? You want to shoot some machine guns? Yes. I think we can get that done. Oh. Okay, we can go out on a Saturday and just fire away some brass. Nice. You know, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. I can, I think, hey, Robert, maybe I can get this for all of us, all right? I think I can get us where we can go somewhere and we can all shoot uh, a Thompson. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I've, sh- I've shot a Tommy gun. No, have you? Several- oh, you yeah. lucky son of a gun. No, man. With the right, wait a minute, wait a minute. With the straight clip or the round clip? Oh, no, we get, um, we would we would have the canister on it. Oh, yeah. Yes. I don't remember if it had the drum or not. I don't think it had the drum, actually, because oh. the drums fail a lot. Yeah, they do, but who cares after you've fired off 60 rounds in half a minute? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> How much is a 45 bullet? About a dollar a piece? I don't think they're that that much. By, by the way, don't forget about the Saline County uh, gun show that's going on this weekend at Benton Event Center. I'm going over Saturday. Yeah, I saw that. Nine o'clock in the morning okay. opens up. Ten bucks to get in. Nice. Less because I'm a I'm a vet. I think I get yeah. it in for eight. But I'm going to go over there and. Cool. I uh, I told my wife last night. I took her to see uh, Black Phone, and uh, I told her I said, uh, Hey, Saturday we're going to go gun show. Is that, is that all right with you? And she goes, Oh yeah cool then then there's a bunch of restaurants we could stop at oh, coming yeah. back 
<laughs> that's right. So we'll figure out what we're going to do as far as that's concerned. All right. So, Robert, you like I said, and we were explaining to people, uh, you grew up with this. I mean, this, right. this law has been in effect since the 1800s. Uh, oh, pardon me. Early 1900s. Uh, in in New York, and nobody had, when I was born. Yeah, nobody, <laughs> nobody has uh, brought it and got it into the court system and got it all the way to the Supreme Court. This is the first time, and then it was found unconstitutional. And and they picked Amen, it up, and, right? Because it's absurd. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. It really is. I mean, just listening to us talk about why it finally ended up in the court system because they said okay so you got you got a concealed weapons license well if you leave your house you got to put it in a locked box and you got to put the am unloaded and then put the ammunition in another part of your car that cannot be gotten into to get that ammunition while you're in the car it's crazy. Yeah. I can still understand. So I guess so you can stupid. run in a trunk and somebody's trying to hijack you or whatever and yeah. throw bullets at them. Wait, wait. You ask them, hey, pardon me for just a moment. I need to load my weapon <laughs> yeah. so I can shoot you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and they got to, and you're looking down <clears throat> They'll gladly the barrel accommodate of a gun. You. They'll gladly accommodate yeah, you. Yeah, after they put it around through your head. That's right. You know, that's the way it works. Yeah. So, so it finally got up there and... Uh, you know, the five justices yeah. or six justices ruled against them. Clarence Thomas, which has been it was really interesting that they came out with his opinion uh, yesterday, because at six o'clock yesterday, we did uh, or six thirty five. We did an interview with the guy who wrote the book about Clarence Thomas that oh. just came out oh, and to hear all the great stories about him during the interview and stuff. And then I could hear his voice in my 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 head yeah. as I was uh, reading the, his reasoning uh, for this yesterday. Yeah. Well, you, I haven't le- read the dissent. So I haven't I don't either. Know about 120 pages? That's ridiculous. Yeah. It should have been about three pages. Well, but I agree. Here's the basic premise, Dave. And it's dis- it's 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 clouded in deception. A majority of the public out there think that the government is here to protect us. That's hogwash. They're not here to protect us. Ask the parents of the Uvalde down there. Do they have a duty to act? Do they have a duty to do anything? They no. were they were in the hall hallway within a couple of moments and didn't yeah. go into even try right. to go into that classroom for over an hour. Yeah, so it's Bonzo World. It's right right well, you have to protect yourself. The guns are to protect ourselves from the government. Yeah. But they're going, oh, well, we're the government. Man, we'll protect you. Isn't it? A, let me ask you this. You don't you need this. your guns. We're here to protect you. I got to ask you that, Robert, because that is the reason the Second Amendment exists. It is to protect us from a government that's trying to take away our rights. And so we could protect and hold on to our rights. You don't hear that discussion very often any longer it's always about self-preservation and things of that nature folks Mm -hmm. it's to protect you from an oppressive government i believe it's federalist paper number 56 or maybe 59 so yeah it's in there so why why when you talk about guns in your classroom do you do you bring that up to your students i'm sure you do but still uh, it's talk not about guns in the classroom. You think I'm? Uh, you think I'm allowed to talk about guns in the classroom? 
<laughs> and that bastion of the liberal bastion. They don't of, let you talk about the Second Amendment. Well, I know they won't let you teach constitutional law. Teach constitutional law. You know where you know where the Second Amendment's found in the Constitution. <laughs> Dave, Dave, yesterday we were in court, and um, we uh, are representing Russ Raycop, yeah, the um, the uh, flamboyant blogger, and. Uh, we got in there and we uh, pled him not guilty slash innocent. Uh, and uh, by the way, we met the uh, prosecutor two hours before the actual proceedings, you know, because they sort of call you in early and they make you sit around for an hour before the judge even shows up. Um, and we had a very pleasant exchange with the prosecutor. Two hours later, we get called up to the bench and we go up there and then she hands me a piece of paper saying that uh, she wants us to consent to a no contact order for our uh, defendant, our client. And of course, I wondered uh, to Chris out loud why she didn't mention that in the prior two hours. Yeah. And of course the answer is because they're trying to slip it in under the radar. Uh, and so I looked it over and I said, uh, we're not consenting, you make your motion. Yeah. And. Um, she made her motion, and uh, she did not get her motion granted. Uh, Chris told me he, he'd never seen that happen before. No, I hadn't. Well, now, let me tell you about this right. form. Okay. It's a form with two names written on it. I don't even know who these people are. And the prosecutor is asking Judge Griffin to sign an order for Russ Raycop to obey. And in the order, it quotes, I don't know, five different statutes and two names, Jennifer somebody and William something. I'm like, who are these people? Okay, and the statutes that they name, does it say what the statutes say? No. Or just it gives you no, the... No, I was the, like, Rob, um, yeah, he's, I, literally, I, thought, I think he's probably going to grant this. And to my surprise, Rob jumps out, we object, Your Honor, we're not. And then, and then Judge Griffin, to his credit, he said, you know, Miss Prosecutor, uh, they've challenged the constitutionality of this statute. Why would I issue an order? When the constitutionality of this statute has been called into question, and she just kind of—I mean, wide-eyed—and I was like, I was wide-eyed too, going deer in a headlight. I said, "Yeah." And here's the problem with the no contact order, Dave: it puts your client in a real bind because he could accidentally have contact with some of these people because they're public officials. All right, we got to get a break in, guys. Let's do that, and then we'll come back and finish up this hour. We're almost through an hour, guys. It's unbelievable. We're not we, done yet. we got more to say. Oh, we got a whole lot more to say about uh, this whole thing that went down with the Supreme Court yesterday. Uh, don't forget about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Uh, Eric wants me to talk to you about why you should come see him. Well, number one, he's like a, a super jeweler. I mean, I think the guy should go to work with Cape on. That's what I think. Uh, and when you go see him, you know you can go see him just to get your jewelry repaired. You can go see him and just get your jewelry uh, cleaned. You can go see him to go through the cases that he's got, to look in the cases, find something new that you want. Uh, all of it up to date, you know, right on the, the, the mark uh, uh, product. Uh, you can go see him to sit down and, and talk to him about custom design. He's an artisan. Uh, he's got a computer that they can design your uh, ring on, make a wax mold off it so you can see it before it's ever made. He can give you a great deal on wedding and engagement uh, ring sets. He's got plenty of free stones that you can choose from. And if you've got uh, real estate jewelry, 
somebody's died, you got some pieces of jewelry, you can go in, and he'll appraise it for you. And then you can either get the money from him or get a credit, and 20% off, I think, is what it is, to buy stuff that's in his store. Now, that's why he should he should have a big J on his chest with a cape. That's what he should have at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard, Suite E. He's open uh, today, tomorrow. He's open Monday through Saturday, 10 in the morning until 6 in the evening. His phone number, if you just want to give him a call, 501-246-3655. Give Eric a call. All right, we're going to continue on now. we got about seven minutes. So what are some other big things, Robert, do you think we can take away from this ruling by the Supreme Court yesterday? For I guess one of the things, and I'll let you talk about this, there's other states that have similar laws that now those laws are unconstitutional as well, correct? Of course. Look, it just highlights the fact, contrary to the leftist desires, that the Second Amendment exists, and therefore it must have some meaning, right? What would, how could it be, as a matter of logic, that you have a right to bear arms? That's what the Second Amendment says. And some state says, yeah, that only means you get to keep a gun in your house. Yeah. But the, the <laughs> language of the amendment says nothing to the effect. Right. Yeah, where is that, that written? Right. And so, you know, let's say, well, you know, Scalia says it, it can have reasonable regulation limitations. Sure, but that's the point. It's like, you know, are we really debating that a reasonable regulation on gun ownership means it can't leave your house? Unless you don't leave your house, what does that mean? I mean, look, in, so in the decision, in the decision, the Supreme Court said, give us a list of places that you don't think a firearm should be able to be carried. Nice. And we'll look at it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just so silly that either you have a right to bear arms, that's the language in the Constitution, or you don't. And if you do, wherever you draw a line, if you draw a line, no one can reasonably contend that it is... Uh, um, satisfies the definition in the Constitution that you can draw the line at, oh, you have that right, but only in your home. Could you imagine if they said the exact same thing about the First Amendment? Oh, you have a right to speech, only in your home. <laughs> that you have again? a right to your religion, only in your home. You have a right not to have uh, religion imposed upon you, right. only in your home. You have a right to the freedom of press, only in your home. Uh, you have a right to petition, only in your home. <laughs> Could you imagine if that was how the courts or the leftists interpreted any other provision in the Constitution, including the First Amendment? This shows their obvious hypocrisy. And it's, it's, it's a good thing, and it's about time that the courts have stood up and said no. Yeah, this is a real big win. Huge for for Second Amendment, it really, really is. I mean, this is bigger than Heller. Uh, well, they they, uh, I think they want to put out a statement. I think they want to go. Okay, it's getting crazy. All these cities are putting out these crazy ordinances, and these states are passing these unconstitutional laws. So let's take one up and send a little message. Mm-hmm. Here's one: a shot across the bow. I guess. I hope. I hope that that's the case. There's another one. I think we're going to get the the results on perhaps today or. Maybe we'll have to wait till Monday or Wednesday next week. But, uh, yeah. you know, the, the Roe v. Wade 
Yeah, that's coming. Uh, that, that's coming here in the, within the next week. It's going to come out, and it just amazes me. All the people are saying, well, we're going to riot if this happens. Well, you know, not, not <laughs> smart. No. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't surprise me. That's what the left does. That's what the left does. Here's what they'll do. They'll go in their own neighborhoods and burn the buildings down. That's right. That makes no sense well, at all. Well, with Rob's analogy, they, those aren't riots. they could freely those assemble. Sweet, yeah. peaceful protests. That's most right. Speak. And they I would are. appreciate if you keep your your conservative right wing uh, abusive commentary, by the way, offensive speech as well, to yourself. Thank you very much. It, mine is not abusive. Mine is violent speech. <laughs> Oh, violence. Right? I'll have you but know, what? it's like I'm throwing a right hook at somebody. <laughs> yeah, when, when I raised a, a complaint, by the way, uh, I had a bunch of colleagues say, oh, we can't talk about that. Whatever happened to silence equals violence? Not when it's a conservative speaking. That's right. You're, you're, absolu- you're absolutely correct, sir. Absolutely uh, correct. I don't know how... You get along over there at the Bowen School of Law. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm surprised they haven't trumped up something against you yet. Well, uh, uh, just keep, you got to keep on guard. I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, you're, I, I, I say these things, and Robert, it makes him nervous because <laughs> he's afraid I'm going to give him ideas. <laughs> yeah, don't give him any ideas. <laughs> when we went in court yesterday... I asked Judge Griffin uh, for the uh, upcoming, uh, what's called omnibus proceeding. I, uh, he scheduled it, and I said, Judge, I just want to make sure you're, that we're assigned to you for that omnibus. And he said, oh, I'm, I'm retiring. I'm not going to be here by that date. Yeah. And I said, Judge, how am I supposed to get justice in this court if I can't come before you? And he said, uh, Mr. Steinbach, uh, uh, you should presume that you'll uh, get justice in this court the same way I presume that I'll get a good education, uh, irrespective of whether or not you're teaching a particular course. <laughs> uh, and I said, I said, Judge, I have no comment on either. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You know, you should have said, are you going to, oh, you can't hear it, so I don't have to bring my cot? That's what you said. Yeah, oh my God, exactly. <laughs> anyway. Oof, well, oof. Let's take a break. We got more coming your way. It's a Dave Ellswick show on a Friday. And if you're trying to figure out the cot remark, go Google the judge and a cot. And, and death penalty. And, That's and right. a death penalty. And you'll get, the, uh, you'll get the idea. All right, a break and then more coming back after we get your news to you. Second hour of a Friday show. Woo-hoo, payday here. That's always a good thing. Uh, I just, you know what I did today, Heidi? And I'm proud of myself. I paid off my credit card today. Nice. I have a zero balance on my credit card today. It's done. Finished. Through. 
and I got a couple other bills I got to pay, and I will be completely, except for my house, debt free. Love it. Yeah. Let's go to Vegas. How about you, Robert? Are you pretty close to being debt free? Other than you know, you're going to have to carry a mortgage. You might have to carry a car payment, but I don't have to carry a car payment anymore. I got I, my car is paid off now, and I refuse to buy a new one because it's impossible to buy a new one right now. Yeah, my car is paid off, so good. Uh, what what debt I carry uh, does not include that, and I'm happy to say that. And therefore, I'm in no rush to get another one. So you're like I am. You don't want to have another car payment, so you That's just true. fix your car. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> you know, I fixed my car. I got some more work. I got. I'm going to put a new transmission in it here before I go on vacation. That's going to cost me about twelve hundred bucks. It's going to be a rebuilt transmission. I'm going to put it in. Right but $1,200 is equivalent, because I priced it out, because I want to buy, I was looking at a new terrain. I've got uh, an Acadia, but I don't need a big Acadia anymore. I can go to the terrain. And with the car and with the uh, the uh, advance, uh, as far as price goes on my insurance, it was going to be almost $800 a month. Well, Ouch. it doesn't take, look, I, I went to public schools. I took math. And eight hundred plus eight hundred is sixteen hundred. That's four hundred dollars more than putting in a rebuilt transmission in my car, and it runs absolutely perfect. So why would I want to pick up an eight hundred dollar bill a month? A month? No, for four years or five years? Yeah, I'm done. I'm 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 not young and and crazy anymore. I don't need that, feel like I need that status to prove that I'm who I am and I'm successful. I mean, I look at, who's that guy that lives out there in Nebraska or whatever, who's the the real rich guy there? Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett drives, I think, a pickup truck from like 1965. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, because he says, why do I want to buy a new car? It devaluates so fast, you know, so fast. Right on. You know? And, I, you know, I'm going to follow him. He seems to not be having any problems meeting his bills. <laughs> That's what what people don't like about Mr. Warren Buffett is that you can become a millionaire in America in 20 years if you just invest in America. That's right. right. A Vanguard index fund will make you... $2 million, right, over the span of your 30-year career. You know what, what company he bought here recently, and now what? they're doing big, big buffalo business across to, uh, Arkansas again? Who that? Dairy Queen. Oh, man. Did you know he That's bought Dairy Queen? About. No. And everybody He's... was talking to him about, well, what are you going to do? And he says, we're going to do what Dairy Queen's supposed to do. Good ice cream. <laughs> yeah, he's big into companies that make something you can actually reach out and touch and feel. Good soft-serve ice cream. I love seeing him talk about Bitcoin. No, yeah. What's he say about Bitcoin? Oh, he says it's a sham. Well, it's hilarious. Uh, it, but it takes the whole philosophy of what they have made money since Nixon got rid of the gold standard yeah. back in the 70s yeah. just to its logical conclusion. Right. Money, anything, anything is worth something if people are willing to give it that value. That's it. That's right. That's that's exactly the way. I'm listening to Robert saying, Dave, we want to talk about some big stories, and here you are talking about Bitcoin. <laughs> we, get off on but, I mean, we got off on debt. Yeah. We're going to have a whole story on debt. I use debt to make money, Dave. 
Do you really? I'm in debt. Yeah? A lot. Really? But that debt makes me money. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I'll have to have lunch and talk to you about oh, that. Yeah, Maybe yeah. I got I got an hour before I got you nine o'clock today. I'll tell you what. Why don't we yeah. uh, have breakfast? Okay. You can tell. I'll me give about you a deal it. right now. Ten thousand dollars right now. You can make nine percent and go borrow it at four percent. You make five percent on your money right now on a savings <laughs> I bond right now. <laughs> right. Robert, are you wishing we would shut up about this stuff? Uh, I'm just taking a nap. You guys can wake me up when, when you all say something interesting. Well, bring us up to date on what's going on in the life of Robert and Chris. And we, we do these, have some actually big news. These, these we lost, gun bills that you're we, fighting against. We got against. punted out of the Arkansas Supreme Court. Our, our, yeah. <laughs> we, we, the, the justices dropped back and punted our appeal of our petition for writ of mandamus. Did that sound like alphabet soup? It sounded like yeah. Latin. We asked the Supreme Court to enforce our petition to force City Hall to allow me to carry a concealed handgun into City Hall against the orders of King Scott during an unprecedented um, mob that would, of that violence. That would be Mayor Scott. Yeah, Mayor Scott. Unprecedented mob of violence going on in, in the city of Little Rock. Uh, was it Womack and uh, the other Supreme Court justice of superior judicial intellect said that we failed to appeal two points, so they punted us out of the Supreme Court. Did I? They all said it. Did I, did, there was no, there was, oh, they all Womack said it. You're right. The chief justice wrote the opinion. Uh, you that's know, Kemp, it, it, right? Generous use of the term. That was Kemp. That's who it was. Yeah. All right. Kemp. It was a minor procedural, I don't know, trip? Tripwire? It's I a mean, procedural tripwire. Okay, so you can move on to the next thing, right? Oh, yeah. We're going to have a trial on the merits. Just don't let your legs well, get blown off while you're doing it. Yeah. 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 So kind of bring us a walk us through this. Okay, Robert. I'm going, to, I'm going to defer to the professor here. Oh, no. Walk us through this and what is going on. Uh, so City Hall uh, for several years through King Scott uh, and Bruce Moore and um, uh, Chris, what's the name of the attorney? Tom Carpenter. Tom Carpenter. If I were a carpenter. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. That, that you're not allowed to carry <clears throat> a gun into City Hall even if you have an enhanced concealed carry license. Here's the problem. The enhanced concealed carry license uh, regime law says if you have an enhanced concealed carry license, you can carry a gun in any government building. That's right. Local, local county, or state. Uh, so they pointed to some provision. I don't even remember what it was. They said, well, no, because of this or that, the other thing, you can't do it. So... Instead of litigating that case, we wrote a new law. So we wrote this law. We got uh, legislators to pass it. Bob Ballinger. Last session. Bob Ballinger. Um, uh, and we passed it. And now the law makes clear that if you have enhanced concealed carry license, you can carry in a government building. Period. Okay. Um, so we told them to take down their sign. And Chris tried to go into City Hall. They told him no. So this time we sued because we can't keep rewriting the law because it's obvious. They're not going to follow the law. Right, because I live in the Soviet Republic of Little. (laughs) Okay. The law don't matter. Yeah. Um, So we sued. uh, 
Incidentally, um, Tom Carpenter admitted in an internal email obtained pursuant to the Freedom of Information Act that one of our arguments was valid. Uh, and I don't recall him saying that in court at all. Okay, no. uh, so Russ Raycock let me, let me, let me got stop. the email. What is this email? It's huge. It I came, up, came up out of my chair when I saw it. I said, what? What, what did it say, Robert? It said that... Um, um, in, in as almost as many words, Steinbuck's argument uh, on uh, one one of the uh, claims or one of his positions is correct, uh, but we believe this other provision allows us to prevail. Yeah. Uh, but they yeah. never said that we were correct on one of the legal provisions. Now, did they? Right. Uh, and so that's what's so very interesting. We shared that um, email, by the way, just recently with the Supreme Court obviously to no effect on them uh, because they are so embedded in procedure over substance. Right. Uh, really, it's it's not a court that's interested in enforcing our rights. You know, no. all of these conservatives incidentally run for uh, uh, justice on the Supreme Court uh, claiming to have conservative values uh, and then uh, find every which way uh, to... Uh, resolve a case uh, without addressing I, the, the substance. I think they That's get scared, Rob. Right? I think they get scared. They get into yeah. a, I want to protect my seat. I'm not going to be the judge that says this man can carry a concealed weapon into City Hall because I'll get no, voted no, no, no. out of office. Even though that's what the law Somebody will use it in a way to attack me. Yes. There were three state senators that I said had to go uh, this past session. We got um, run, rid of one of them. I only got rid of two of them, actually. Oh, did we? Okay. Because Lance, Lance Eads uh, resigned, retired, whatever it's called. Correct. Um, but Sturge uh, got beat. The, and Sturge got beat. And the only remaining one was Jane English, who uh, I couldn't get an opponent uh, to run against her. So needless to say, she, she, there was nobody to beat her. Uh, so she's still in. But uh, we'll make sure come next term that uh, she's out. Uh, and And... I'll do the same thing with judges or any other elected position. I will uh, work. I went and campaigned for for um, uh, John Payton uh, up there in his district, and I drove around his district, and I met a bunch of nice folks up there, and I knocked on doors, and some folks said, you don't look like you're from around here. And I said, I ain't. Uh, I'm from Little Rock. Um, and you don't sound and, like you're from around here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, I, and they said, you don't sound like you're from around here. I said, oh, well, I sound like I'm from um, uh, Northeast Arkansas, very Northeast, also yeah. known as New York. Um, and uh, um, and uh, I, along with a bunch of great volunteers, mind you, uh, and, of course, John and his family, uh, persuaded uh, a significant majority of the electorate to vote for the true conservative. I'll do that across the state. I've done it before, as I just described, uh, and I will continue to do it. And we will move the non-conservatives out and make sure that the conservatives uh, are in every branch of our government. Okay, we're going to – hold on. i got to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to defer to you again when we come back and yep. let you walk us through the, where we're at in this okay. and, where, and where you got to go it's to. It's a little right? technical, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, for most of us, we haven't been to law school. We haven't sat under your tutelage, Mr. Mr. Steinbach. By the way, if I, take a, if I take a class with you, do I have to call you professor? <laughs> Um, if you take a class with me, you got to call me King. <laughs> okay. But only you. All right. We'll, we'll be back in just a moment. It is uh, David Lucas Financial, one of our great sponsors of the Dave Ellswick Show. want to remind you that uh, uh, we've been talking about how much precious metal 
should you have in your uh, your nest egg for retirement? And most of the people that are out there that deal with gold and silver and platinum and all titanium and all the other precious metals that are out there will tell you about 15%. That's about what you need. That way, if in the case of inflation, like what we got going on now, you can protect your nest egg. But when you're buying precious metals like silver and gold, it's not like going out and buying a stock or a bond. Uh, there really are some other questions you got to ask, like who you're buying it from. Are they going to give you a certificate of how much gold you have? Or are they going to actually put some gold in your hand that you put into your safe? Uh, you need to know all of those kind of things. And that's where David Lucas Financial comes in. Uh, if you want to learn more about buying silver and gold, call them. 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. And getting gold in your hand, does that mean you want you want to buy a bar? Probably not, since it's about $1,900 an ounce. Take that times 16. That's pretty expensive to have a gold bar uh, inside your safe. But you might want to buy some coins like, you know, Cougarans or some of the other. I don't even know if they have Cougarans anymore. You know, whatever you you need. Or, uh, you know, and what else about do you need to know? Well, you need to know about having a regulated and licensed national wholesaler, which David Lucas Financial has. So you get direct prices from a dealer you can trust. Again, 501-222-3315. Don't let 1970s-style inflation destroy your retirement. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. Professor of Law over at the Bowen School Law. His opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily at the Bowen School Law or the university which they're attended to. But I tell you that he's a professor so that he can explain to you. He knows the law. He knows the intricacies of the law. And so we'll ask him, where are we in this court case you're talking about? I mean, this has been going on for some time now yeah. uh, to be able to, to for Chris to carry his firearm in the courthouse. The law says he should be able to do it. They're saying he can't do it. They're the ones that are breaking the law. Why is it taking so long for a judge to say, stop breaking the law and follow it? Well, Dave, there are three laws mentioned the courthouse before the break we met we were talking about city hall and then there's also the the uh, case uh, where uh, chris wants to carry his weapon at the gun range uh run by uh, fish and game game and fish i always mix up the order um and uh that one of course is the most ironic that's right you can't carry your gun into the office uh, at game and fish's uh gun range gun range did i say gun range yeah gun you said gun range so um <laughs> Uh, so uh, this we need them to protect us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, well, because the bureau hacks uh, put, you know, if, if you if a bureau hack uh, designed a horse and buggy, you'd see the buggy coming down the road with the horse's heads pushing it <laughs> uh, because they put the cart before the horse every time. Right. Uh, and uh, uh, the same thing here. They put the bureaucrats' uh, personal desires uh, ab- above the uh, legislature and uh, governor that is above the law and of course they're not entitled to do that and then we have a bureaucratic uh, court that uh, processes cases so it takes years to get justice instead of days 
In any event, we expected to lose every one of those cases at the trial level because they're all going through Pulaski County, and you haven't met a judge uh, in Pulaski County who, who's not a far leftist, unfortunately. Um, it doesn't mean that they uh, can't a truffle in the woods every once in a while like a blind boar, uh, but uh, they're certainly not going to rule on a conservative matter such as the right to carry uh, arms as guaranteed by not only uh, the state and federal constitution, but specific statutes. Uh, so they always punted to the Supreme Court, and as we just saw in this case, Supreme Court punted it back uh, to the trial court, saying, well, we don't want to get involved yet. You know, God forbid we resolve what's a clear issue of law. At this moment, uh, we'll let more machinations of um, uh, billing hours and uh, court process take place. Okay, so, uh, what, so what, what is it they—why did they— say that they couldn't hear this thing that you're wanting them to so they kicked the can down the road some more yeah and what do they want from you now they already know it's it's evident it's a, this it's is a, evident yeah we can't yeah, go so too we much in the unusual weeds. procedure yeah. called the writ of mandamus yeah. and this unusual procedure uh requires you to show that there's no other procedure out there uh, that could be used and of course i'm not sure how you're supposed to prove that negative right. in any event right um uh, we we had described how uh, anybody uh, prevented from carrying a gun uh, would be in danger every day that he is prevented from carrying a gun uh, in going into City Hall because, of course, you've got to walk through downtown Little Rock to get there. Right. And we've seen the, the level of murders occurring in Little Rock. So uh, I can think of no better piece of evidence about the dangers of um, <clears throat> uh, of seeking some alternative uh, remedy, which inevitably takes longer. Yeah. Um, but the court uh, didn't want to look that way, uh, and so we're going to use the uh, the next procedure, which is called yeah. summary so, judgment. So in a nut, it's the same procedure. Yeah, it's just slower. In a so nutshell, slower procedure uh, instead of the procedure uh, that we just used, and we'll be back before the uh, Supreme Court. Uh, after uh, the judge again denies our motion, yeah. uh, and then uh, we'll see whether the court actually wants to engage in addressing the law or wants to play more procedural um, uh, process issues. All right, so I got two minutes before we get to the bottom of the hour. And after listening to that litany that you just laid out, is it any, any, is it any surprise that the average American looks at our, judi- our judicial system and goes, what the hell are you people doing? <laughs> That's exactly right. It was a yeah. The writ of mandamus is an extraordinary remedy, is what the Supreme Court said, and we're not going to enforce this extraordinary, extraordinary remedy if you didn't show that there's another remedy that'll work. That's what they did. So because there because there was possibly another remedy available, and you didn't show that, we're going to deny your for this extraordinary remedy. That was it. <laughs> Why don't we just deal with the truth and what the law says? If yeah, the law great, says you got to do it this way, way. you got to do it that way. I thought that that was what the law was supposed to. We'll talk. That's a, that's a whole other issue yeah, yeah. that we can do a whole show on, I'm sure. But where where are you sitting? So how, how long will it take for you now to get further along with the Supreme Court so they can finally maybe find it within themselves, gird their loins, and make a decision? Six to eight months. Really? Six to nine months, yeah. Easy. That's why people don't take this to the Supreme Court. It just costs them so much money. That's right. It's a. It's definitely uh, prohibitive. Unbelievable. Yeah.
All right, guys. We appreciate what you're both doing. I mean, seriously. We appreciate what you're doing. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, We'll come back, and uh, we'll finish up with Robert and with Chris here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Don't forget, 9 o'clock, Stephen uh, uh, is going to be with us from Stephen Davis, the voice of the Travs, and Matt Smith, the voice of the movie theaters here. All right, back with you. Uh, we've got Chris Corbett here. I've got Robert Stein back over there. And then way over there, I've got, uh, coming from the uh, family council, Jerry Cox. He's going to join us here in a moment. i got to remind everybody about East End Towing. Uh, you need a tow truck, you call them. Have this number in your phone, 501-888-8849. Why? Because they know what they're doing. doesn't matter what situation you run into. They can handle it. You say, Dave, my car breaks down. I just need to get off the side of the road. Yeah, but what if you're, uh, you're pulling your trailer and your car breaks down? What happens to the trailer? What happens if you're pulling your boat and it's the trailer on your boat that goes bad? Then what do you do? All right. That's why. What if you do it? Yeah, this all happens on a on a, a private parking lot like Walmart. Then what do you do? There's there's things you got to know about that. Easton Towing knows all of that stuff. 501-888-8849. All right. Robert, I will let you do the cross-examination as we uh, do our our segment here with, <laughs> with Jerry Cox. I'll make him nervous right now. No. And then, uh, Chris, you can do redirect. How's that? Right on. All right. So let's bring Jerry Cox. Jerry, how are you, brother? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Actually, <laughs> I'm still at home kind of recovering from COVID. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay, though. I, I'm about ready to head back to the office, so I'm sitting here at my desk at home so um yeah but i'm glad to be with you this morning all right i'm making the sign of the cross into my microphone stay where you're at (laughs) all right sounds good want to want to talk to you about uh, an article that was uh, uh, put out by family council dealing with folks like jane's revenge and other uh, pro-abortion groups that are getting vicious out there. They're, they're firebombing uh, pro-life organizations. Uh, they're threatening people. They're threatening Supreme Court justices. And uh, we're getting ready. I don't know if it's going to be today or it'll be early next week. It's got to, I'm thinking it's got to come up next week that the Roe v. Wade Casey ca- uh, case is going to come through from Mississippi and uh, from what we know about it, looks like Roe v. Wade and Casey are going to be overturned, and the whole the whole idea of uh, abortion will be back in the laps of the states uh, to determine what they're going to do. But what are we supposed to do about these organizations that are showing already that they're going to resort to violence? Well, the Department of Justice needs to step up and do its job. It's ridiculous that people can threaten to assassinate Supreme Court justices, put their homes on a map and encourage people to go over there and create all kinds of problems. Um, And our leaders, really, and the Democrat Party have just kind of looked the other way. And we all know that. If this had been turned around the other direction and it was pro-lifers that were attacking abortion facilities, It would be all over ABC, CBS, NBC, Evening News. But they don't talk about it. Uh, My counterpart, 
in Wisconsin had her office firebombed back early in May by this Jane's Revenge group. And we've been watching their communications, and they have vowed a night of rage uh, on the evening after the Dobbs decision comes down if Roe is reversed. So we're bracing, even in Little Rock at our office, for violence toward our facility. And uh, it, it has us concerned. Now, I haven't called uh, Thurston yet, but I'm sure that they're already making plans to protect the Capitol because our legislature is, uh, of course, decidedly pro-life, and we've got that trigger law ready to go, and I would think that we would see some action towards uh, our elected officials there in the legislature. What say you? Well, we certainly could see that. And see, our office is just a couple of blocks from the state capitol. And so our landlord already has plans to put up OSB board over all of our windows. And um, I plan to send my staff home for a couple of days and let them work from home just for safety reasons and just see how crazy things get. But we remember how things got at the Capitol a couple of summers ago where people were rioting and breaking windows and so forth. And we had to board up then. And we're going to kind of go through the same routine this time. Yeah, it's it's really sad. Uh, Robert, let me turn to you. You got any questions for Jerry? You want to talk to him about this? Well, more broadly, Jerry, it's always good to talk to you. So what's presuming, as we aptly do, we're going to get this good ruling from the U.S. Supreme Court. What's the next step? What do we do now? Well, for one thing, the legislature, well, first of all, let me back up. Um, We need to be sure that Arkansas's good pro-life laws are enforced. We have a very good law that makes abortion illegal except to save the life of the mother. So we need to be sure that that law gets enforced. And that'll be the AG's responsibility primarily. If the ruling leaves a need for any more legislation uh, to ensure that abortion is illegal in Arkansas except to save the life of the mother, then I hope the governor will bring the legislature into session so they can address that if necessary. But then going forward a little bit in the long term, we need to be sure that we help the pregnancy uh, health organizations, pregnancy resource centers, to do their jobs and do it well. And that means private individuals stepping up and helping them financially. It means some state funding, probably, as the legislature has already done. But we need to make uh, abortion irrelevant along with making it illegal. That's a a great statement, by the way. Yeah. It is indeed. Jerry, let me ask you, how committed do you think the governor is to doing that and calling in a special session? Well, I haven't spoken with the governor about it. He has hinted that there might be a need for that. If there is a need, that he might be interested in doing that. Um, If he doesn't, then um, in January, uh, the legislature will be in regular session, and we can just hammer down on passing whatever laws need to be passed. All right. Let me jump in here and... You got a question. Yeah, and Jerry, I just wanted to know your thoughts on making adoption easier. I it's not a lot of people know this, but I've got a sister that's twenty two years old because my mother adopted a young lady from China. 
at two years old that was the same age as my daughter. And I just want to know your comments on there needs to be some, in my opinion, adoption made easier. So these. Well, um, yes. And see, that's one of those things the legislature talks about and talks about. And they pass legislation, they'll give a tax break or something like that. But at the end of the day, I hear good folks like you saying, but it's still very near impossible for a regular person with regular means yes. to adopt a child. That's and right. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Jerry, and, um, that's it. I, you know, I agree with you. It needs to be fixed. I'll just tell you, my, my, my mother spent 30 grand, traveled Should to China. Should not happen. You shouldn't even have to go to China. Exactly. There's plenty that's of kids here in the United States who need adoption. But she was able to do that because she had the means and the want and I asked her, I said, Mom, why, why, you feel this need to do this? Why don't you do it here? She said, it'll take too long. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah, hey, that, that's what we're up against. All right, Jerry, one last question, and we'll let you go. And then we got to get our final break in. And that, that is an e- another easy one. What about the morning after pill? Ooh. Where, does that, where do we well, sit on that? Yeah, see, Arkansas passed some pretty good laws this last, uh, in 2021, that regulate abortion-causing drugs and people being able to ship those into Arkansas and so forth. Now, you and I know, we all know, you can't keep people from cheating. Um, You know, they could go down to to Mexico and smuggle them back in and all kinds of things. Right. The legislature's tried to address that, um, but here's what we're going to need to look at. If Roe is overturned, then any holes in our laws will be exposed because folks will be trying to get around the law. And so there we circle back to maybe the legislature might need to come back and do some more work just to be sure they have taken care of all the loopholes. But I don't think we're going to know where those are until we actually see Roe reversed and see what kind of creative ways the pro-abortion folks use to try to get around our good laws. Okay. All right. Still still some things to be done is what you're saying, but you, you think that uh, you're prepared for whatever violence might come your way here over the next few days? Absolutely. Everybody in my office has a concealed carry permit. And, um, Beautiful. You know, but we intend to go home and just kind of ride it out. All right. All right. We'll talk to you next week again, Jerry. Thank you very much for right. your time Thank this you. morning. All right. We'll be back. we got to get a final break in, and then when we come back, uh, i got a couple more things I'd like to talk quickly with our guests. And, of course, that's Chris Corbett and Robert Steinbach here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Right now, though, let's catch up on your Travs. All right. Stand by here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Gonna come back for our final, final segment. And I, I was just talking to um, uh, Chris, and he and Robert are involved in a court case right now. Right. And the, the gentleman's name is Russ Raycop. Okay. And we're and defending his free speech rights, Dave. Yeah, free be, speech. Because, you yeah. know. What he, is free speech? You know, he's been saying things that most people would say if. You know, maybe if you were in front of the city council and you flipped them to Bird. Oh, yeah, he's George Carlin in city council. Okay. I mean, that's who he is. He's, he's saying all the, the the words you're not supposed to say. Correct. And they're trying to take away his free speech. Yeah, well, they're saying it's harassment. It's somehow he has 
instigated some sort of violence and harassment in the minds well, of the person that's that because received. the left says that words can be violence. Yeah, that's where we're at. You know? And, um, when Rob read the statute, correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, you, you said, hey, whoa, wait a minute. This seems a little like it's infringing. It's chilling his his power to say something. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, he arrested him. This, and spent a night in jail. Yeah, this is the key. And, Robert, you can take off on this, as I make mention. This is where maybe you feel like people shouldn't use certain words, uh, the F-bomb or yeah. GD or, right. or whatever. But some people, that is, those are words that they use. They know that they're throwing incendiary Molotov cocktails verbally. All right? They understand that. And they don't care because they have a First Amendment right. So do you find that some people that are on the right that believe in free speech don't like what this guy says and might want to see him t- uh, tame down a little bit? Yeah, look, Dave, the First Amendment isn't designed to protect nursery lines and greeting cards. <laughs> I agree. I mean, so, you know that I agree with you on this. I know you do. I know you do. But this is the point, right? People say, well, well, we don't like what he's saying. And my response is exactly. Because if you liked what he said, nobody would be objecting. And uh, <clears throat> King Scott and his jackbooted thugs wouldn't be sending out the cops uh, after the fact, mind you. After the fact, the cops were at the events and let rest great Oh, that's a very good point. The cops were called, and the police said, I don't... Yeah, it swears out a complaint, uh, and uh, the higher-ups say, oh, well, we gotta, we got to make a, um, uh, you know, a, an example out of Russ Raycop because we don't like what he's saying. Uh, and right. therefore, we're not going to enforce the First Amendment. We're going to enforce our totalitarian will instead. Uh, and guess what? We push back. Yeah, so these are the uh, things and, that, that jump up. Selective enforcement. Impinging on your free speech rights, which is number one. Impinging on your right to carry arms, that's number two. I mean, these things are jumping off the paper at, at Rob and I. Well, here, here's the key that I don't understand, and that is if you agree with the point that the person is making, so what if you don't agree with the way they say it? Yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, that's what this is coming down to for some people. You nailed it, Dave. So what? Right. So, uh, you know, you think about, I mean, I remember the, the, the flag burning. I'm a veteran. It pissed me off that someone's going to burn the flag in front of me. You know, I, that's sacred to me. I, I salute it. Sometimes people put their hands over their heart. Some, some of the military members, they salute it when you say the Pledge of Allegiance. Yep. And um, so, although I disagree, is that an exercise of free speech to burn the flag? Here's what I, well, that's what the Supreme Court says it is. Yeah. It's political free speech. Okay, right. so. I'll let you burn the flag. Doesn't mean that I won't beat your butt after you do it. I'm, I'm just, I like it. I I'm like just saying. It. You, know? might, you might dot that eye. <laughs> that's just. I'm just being honest. I can't say that I'll control myself that's at that right. point. That's right. Because I've seen my buddies die. All right. So yeah. I'm. I'm just telling you. That's right. not a good thing that you do in front of me. Right, but yeah. of course, you saw your. You saw your buddies die. For exactly that right, right? You know, we go That's, over to Vietnam make, and other places. And I say, say that all the we, time. We, right. We, we fought for their free speech. And then someone comes to the States and they burn a flag or does something that, that we don't like. And, and we say, well, but, well that, that, you know, we don't say it, but some folks say, well, yeah, but we don't like that. Yeah, that's the point. Guess what? If it's important in Vietnam, it's important in the U.S. Flag burning uh, is designed to offend. You're supposed to be offended. 
by the flag burning. You're allowed to be offended. You're allowed to respond. What you're not allowed to do is prevent them from burning the flag. You know what I'm, I think I'm going to do from now on? I'm going to start carrying a flag with me when I'm going to be someplace right. I might do that. Yeah. And I'll personally, if they want to burn a flag, I'll wrap them in the flag and set them on fire. <laughs> <laughs> this one, huh? yeah, that, uh, just so you know, that one may not be legal either. I know. I I understand. Oh, I, I kind of like that, Dan. I make them into a Vietnam monk. What yeah, can I say? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Bottom line. And if you don't understand that because you're a millennial and you think that history only began when you were born, let me just let you know that you need to look up about Vietnam monks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> understand well, what here, that's all Here's about. the bottom line. Rob and I are going to be in the court system, and we're going to push back. We're going to make our filings. That's what I love. You guys are we're, pushing back. That we're going to make them respond, and we're going to watch some of this crazy uh, opinions come out and go, okay, I hear what you're saying. Now we're going to do this. Yeah, but don't burn a flag and then think you're going to light a building on fire because I won't let you do that. Well, indeed, and sometimes people miss the distinction, right? Meaning you could theoretically burn a flag in a dangerous fashion. You can't burn it in the middle of a supermarket, right? And then you get arrested. But you don't get arrested for burning the flag uh, as such. You get arrested for the fact that you lit a fire in the middle of a supermarket. That, that's just dangerous. You can't do that. Yeah. Uh, so that's the distinction. I just always, if I'm in the area where somebody's doing that, I just look and as I walk past, I just look like, Ignorant, oh man! Because you just don't even understand. There's loss, bro. They know not like, what they do. That's just like when I, I I've done this before. My wife, man, she, she gets so irritated with me when I do this. People who park in, uh, uh, you know, handicap spots. This is what what Russ was defending. Russ Ray Cop was telling the pl- officer. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that's what he was hollering about. He said, "Get your." Uh, uh, expletive out there and do something about this guy parking in the handicap spot. Yeah, well, I walk past him yeah. when they park like that, and right. I go, mental, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that's so yeah. good. That's Dave, that's so good. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Well, no, my, my response, Dave, is you're not handicapped now, but would you like to be handicapped? <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, I there's some people that just do not want to abide by yeah. taking care of people who are handicapped. And yeah. it, that bothers me. And we've passed laws so that people can use those handicaps. You're in stickers. good company. Russ and you think the same way. Yeah, well, I probably don't say it the way he does. <laughs> uh, my my faith won't well, let me do they that. They put but him in jail wait, for the way he said That's it. ridiculous. Yeah. Well, they used to put Lenny Bruce in jail. Yes. All right, they've put a lot of people in jail for saying things in a way that other people didn't like the way they were saying them because you shouldn't use that word or whatever. And, you know, Lenny Bruce was one of those great uh, first-rounders, as I like to put them, that that stood up. And that's the key. This guy is standing up, and I'm glad that he is. I am glad. Maybe we should have him be on the show, but I'll just keep my finger on the button. Well, we've advised our client not to say much right now because okay. he has pending criminal charges. All right. That makes sense as well. Robert, what are you doing this weekend? Anything? Or are you, or are you just waiting for the big blowout on the 4th of July? Oh, nothing particularly planned. Uh, do some grilling. That's all. All right. Yeah. Grilling. 
gonna, brisket, brisket. Gonna gonna burn some meat. That sounds all right to me, brother. I'm, I'm all about that. I'm all about that. All right, Chris, you have a great weekend as well. Thanks Thank you, for sir. coming in. Robert, thanks for coming in. We appreciate you. I'll see you all back here next Friday, and we'll probably have the uh, Supreme Court decision mm-hmm. on uh, you know Roe v. Wade uh, coming by then. So we'll have more to talk about next week. It's Dave Ellswick's show coming up at 9 o'clock. Don't forget, uh, Stephen's going to be on from the uh, Trabs. We'll talk about what's going on with Travelers. And then, you're going to the movies the weekend? What are you going to go see? Are you going to go see the new Elvis movie, or are you going to go see The Black Phone? I saw The Black Phone. I'll tell you all about it without blowing anything. I, I, won't, I won't let anything go, Robert, I promise. But it's a great movie. We'll talk about it at 9 o'clock. into the nine o'clock hour and uh steven is with us the voice of the travelers i like talking baseball i've i always say that when i open this segment up because i do i love playing ba- i love playing the game i loved watching the game you don't play anymore do you no i i gave up i used to play some softball uh-huh. until i got about 55 and then I gave it up because I, I was up at bat one time and man I laced one into the power alley right field because I I pitched right I batted left I was like Billy Williams and uh, as I came out of the batter's box and turned to go to first I I really screwed up my quad and uh, that's the first time that I hurt myself so bad that I got up out of bed the next day and I was black and blue from my hip down to my knee. And it was bad. And so it lasted bad ever? Uh, no, I played a little bit more, but um, I just never felt that I could get out on the field and just let it all out, you know. And if you can't play, if you can't play 110%, you don't want to play. Right. It's, it's that simple. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing everything I got to or do for my the, team. Or you're in the Thursday night softball league, and there's nothing wrong with that, yeah. but you're out there just to enjoy it yeah. with your buddies and that's, have some fun. That's, yeah, and, you know, that's the one where you play softball and there's a beer at every base. You know, that that kind of stuff, you yes. know. And, then, no, I'm not I'm not into that. And uh, I miss it. Lord knows that I miss it. I really, really do. And my wife doesn't like to be around me when I'm watching a game because I'm always pointing out, well, why did he step in on that fly ball? You Look, when you're an outfielder, you always step back. First step, always you back. You never come in. If you come in, you're asking for the ball to go over your head. That's just the way it goes. So anyway, but yesterday was a disappointing day. The Razorbacks lost. I knew it was going to be tough to beat Ole Miss two in a row. And uh, that 3-2 win the day before, 
I've got to believe that took a little bit of the edge off of the team. I really felt that. They should have walked off that field without any problem and had a pitcher come in and just give, you know, hit a couple of batters and everything. That, that, that game got a lot more tense than it ever should have. Yes, it did. They won it, though. Yeah. And I always feel like, in, especially in college baseball, when, when you play a game like that and it's younger guys and momentum. it's emotional, momentum is huge, but then there's the baseball adage, you're only as good as your next day's starting pitcher. That's right. And darn it if yesterday both starting pitchers in that game weren't really good. Awesome. Both of them I mean, were awesome. Connor Noland obviously was not quite as good as Dylan DeLucia, but what more are you going to ask of Connor Noland I'm in that thinking, ball game? I'm thinking both of those players play in the bigs. The way DeLucia threw was spectacular, and there was not much Arkansas could do offensively. Yeah. That's a really good lineup, and he was really impressive. And he was working on the same amount of rest, I believe, as Connor Noland. It's not like he was extra fresh or anything. Let me ask you a question. When you watched those games between Ole Miss and, and uh, uh, Arkansas, in fact, when you watched the Auburn game and, uh, and Arkansas, there's a lot of batters that don't know how to handle a slider. That's Did you ever th- notice that's that? That's why they throw so many sliders. Yeah. I mean, seriously. They, they just don't. And that one kid that Arkansas's got uh, that pitched uh, the first game, you know, what was it, uh, Wednesday. Uh, what was his name? Harris? Was that his name? Uh, I don't recall for sure. First two innings, he was deadly with his fastball. Because he could throw up to 96 miles an hour. And if you've never been at the plate and you've never seen a 96-mile-an-hour fastball, it's not easy to hit by any stretch of the imagination, especially if the person's got a decent second and third pitch. But from that second inning on, he just kept throwing sliders at him, and they couldn't hit it. And I thought it was kind of interesting that I don't know who the professional player was that they had up there in the booth. But he showed through using computer graphics that his slider broke about three inches further than a normal slider that you see. And he made those kids look stupid up there at times. I mean, you, you're sitting in the stands, and if you've never played the game, I'm just telling you, a guy swings at a ball and goes, how could he swing at that? Well, you probably never stood in the batter's box. It looks just like what you think it's not or think it is until it's not. That's right. And then it turns into something else, and you're already committed. And it's come, You don't have any time to make a mind. I mean, it's as fast as blinking your eyes. And that ball looks like it's going to go right across the middle of the plate, and all of a sudden it breaks two inches outside the plate. And if you're a lefty, it's a killer. It just a, it, it's a killer. You can't hit it. It makes the guys who can hit it. Really impressive, and it makes the guys who can control those pitches even more impressive. Yeah, yeah, and he he had pretty good control. I think he went what six innings. He that did well, about right? Yeah, yeah, he did. He did really, really well. All right, enough about the Razorbacks. Let's talk about our Travelers uh, again. Understand that when you go out to Double A ball, they play it differently than they do at the major league level. As we've talked before, Stephen, what it comes down to in major leagues is W's and L's. That's all that matters. They're not, you know, they're working with you on different things. You got a hitting coach, you got a pitching coach, you got, they're going to work with you on things, but they expect you to be able to do whatever you do and do it well enough that you can help them win. Absolutely. 
And I think people, a lot of people hear that, and we need to reemphasize this point as well. In the minor leagues, they still want the W's, not yeah. the L's, but you're going about it a slightly different way. And another point, I was talking about this with somebody yesterday, every organization treats their minor leagues a little bit differently as well, how much they emphasize the winning, the losing, Talk the about development that. aspect. Which, which teams that are in double-A that we face, maybe, I mean, do we... Did Mariners look at W's and L's really, really seriously, or are they looking as development? Yes, to both. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the that's the balance for most organizations is how much do you – everybody wants both. Some organizations are going to go, look, we've got – this guy needs to throw every fifth day 80 to 90 pitches. If he's not going well – well, sorry, he's still throwing 80 to 90 pitches yeah. that day. You're not going to pull him in the second inning if he walks two in a row. Mm-hmm. There's other, you know, well, this guy's on a limited pitch count. Or so-and-so position player, even if he's struggling, is going to play five out of six days this week. There's organizations that will do that. There's other organizations that might give a little leeway. Hey, if this guy's struggling, give him two days off this week. You know, or, uh, you know, get to eighth, ninth inning of a game. You're free to pinch run. If you've got a slower runner out there, even if he's a, a guy that, that's highly valued by the organization, get somebody faster in off the bench. Because my, the way I look at it, and you know, I'm just the guy sitting up top talking about it. I don't run a minor league organization. It's a completely different deal. But the way I look at it is you get to double A, you've got a chance to play in the big leagues, whoever you are. You've got some yeah. kind of talent. You're a professional baseball player. And you don't know what the is going to happen if you get to the big leagues. What your role is going to be. Very few guys that come through double-A. Julio Rodriguez is last year is the rare exception for the Travelers. You know he's going to go to the big leagues and be an everyday guy and be a star. Right. Most of these guys, they could be stars. They could be platoon guys. They could be bench guys. So you don't know what kind of role you're going to be in. I feel it's good for them to experience a little bit of everything. Hey, we are going to pinch run for you. You know, you get to the big leagues, you're not going to be running for yourself. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. But they also might need you to run the bases. There's a there's a fine balance of everything, and I think sometimes it varies by time of year. It varies by you know, are you actually in a race for a playoff spot, which the Travs were for a while, and now are yeah. eliminated from the first half race. So I think it's different for every organization, and I think it's not like. A straight line either that there's a lot of variance within that even within a, a month or a year all right so do the Travs? i don't know if they do or not that's why i'm asking the question do they have uh do they have a psychological coach on the team so the mariners organization is big on what they call mental skills there you go it's important it is and credit goes to andy mckay who's the farm director and he's got a much fancier title than that uh, but that's generally what he does he runs the minor leagues and that's one of his base areas that he got into when he was coaching in junior college and then took it into some other organizations that's how he got his foot into pro ball was the mental aspect of the game and his big thing is it used to be 15 seconds was what they called it but now with the the strict pitch timer we have they've had to cut it down for the guys a little bit so it's a it's a 10 second funnel one pitch ends you get ready for the next pitch you go through your thought process you get into it those are that those are the the highlights of it are what are the pitcher what should the pitcher be focusing on in between pitches what should the hitter be focusing on in between pitches all right hold your thought uh-huh. all right gotta get a break in when okay. we come back we're going to talk about this this is an important part of the game it's huge it's everything yeah, i mean it really really is you know a lot of people get cra- crazy about hitters stamping out of the the batter's box and they move their, they do the straps 
you know they maybe they uh, they look at their bat they it's all a rhythm thing mm-hmm. i'm just telling you it's important that you do the same thing over and over and over and uh, same thing for the pitcher you know he's visualizing out on the mound if he's not he won't be around long just just going to be honest but about that. But that routine doesn't need to be 30 seconds between pitches. I agree with that, too. I, I agree with that, too. All right, let's talk about ICU protection real quickly with Billy Mack. He's the owner. Uh, if you're looking for a security system for your home or for your business, this is the guy to go to. I mean, it's his, his crew's. And uh, his business that takes care of the security out of Nuke 1 in Russellville. Now, if they can protect a nuclear facility, they can take care of your house. I'm just telling you. Uh, I've got them. Uh, I've had them for two months now. They're fantastic. Uh, They'll sit down with you when you ask them to come out and uh, meet with them about what you want to do at your house or at your business. They'll make some suggestions. Uh, they'll listen to what you have to say. And then uh, you'll get all of the necessary sensors, door and window sensors, necessary cameras. You won't get too many. You won't get too few. You'll get the exact right amount that you need. Now, here's the good thing about uh, ICU protection. You don't pay for the equipment. <clears throat> Excuse me. The hardware is yours to keep. All you pay is the service charge. So you talk to Billy Mack and his people. Let them get your uh, house set up so that you go to bed at night, you feel good about it, you leave your house, you, you, ar- you, alarm, you, know, you take the alarm, you set it all armed up, you don't worry about it. If anything happens, it'll show right up on your smartphone. 501-205-1333 is their number. 501-205-1333 for ICU protection. Back with you. I'm sitting here telling stories. That's what I'm doing. That's what you do. It's, that's my, it's my job. <laughs> it is my job. But let's go back to this whole thing, this mental thing, because yeah. a lot of people don't know this goes on. In fact, they kind of referred to it in that first game, of that two-game set that they had with Ole Miss with the uh, – with the Razorbacks, and, and Stovall had just gotten a base hit, but he had missed. I mean, he just missed uh, a ball, swung through it, and I have no doubt if he had made contact, it would have left the ballpark. And it, and it showed him at the end of the inning coming down into the dugout, and uh, like I said, I, I don't know who the gentleman was except in the middle, but he was a, he was a former Major League ball player. And he was talking about, yeah, he remembers now – that every time he's bad at now the third pitch is a slider he'll be sitting on it the next time and that's when he hit the home run the next time i mean that's the kind of stuff that's going on you're remembering every pitch that's been thrown to you and where it's the thought process of what pitch might they throw where might they throw it what's the situation what am i trying to do and that's just what the hitter's going through As as well as trying to stay confident in, I can hit this ball, I can do this. Yeah, I can hit the ball, but the guy's at second base. He's going to third. i got to hit it behind him, not in front of him, where they can get him out. So i got to make sure that I'm I'm pulling it or I'm pushing it to the other field. Exactly. There's a thought process that goes on between every pitch for every hitter and to the point about the pitch timer, you know, Jose Altuve is the guy I go to in the big leagues now. He steps out of the box and redoes his 
batting gloves 500 times. Oh, yeah. It takes him 45 seconds to step back in. I don't know what he's thinking about for that whole time. There's no reason for it to take no, that long. No, it isn't. And they're going to have to change. There's going to be a pitch timer in the big leagues soon. Mid next year. It, it could be as soon as next year. Uh, and then pitchers are going through the same thing on the mound. Thought process of how do I throw this next pitch? Where do I want to throw it? What am I throwing? Get and together what, with the catcher. what does he think I'm going to throw? Yes. And then have the confidence and the conviction to be 100% invested in that pitch. Not 99%, 100%. So to answer your original question, for the, the Mariners organization, which the, the Travs are the AA club for, they don't have a mental skills coach with each team, but they have, I believe, three that rove around to the different clubs in the organization, get to know all the guys, and one of them's actually in town right now. Uh, Adam Bernero pitched briefly in the big leagues. Wow, I'd like to get him on, talk to him. He's a, 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 it's, a, it's an interesting guy to talk to, and it's one where you can't really get through it in a few minutes. It, oh, yeah. It's a long, expounded interview. Uh, he's got the mental skills training since his playing career ended, but what they do most of the time is they'll sit down with guys pregame, they'll sit down with guys in the dugout during the game and just talk through things. Uh-huh. What are you thinking when you're, you know, this happened recently or how are things going for you since we last talked and then go from there on whatever tangents they need to get to and he's great and all the the folks are in the the Mariners mental skills with getting with the guys and getting one-on-one with them and going deep dive and helping them get better as baseball players from the mental side of the game a lot of it is handling handling the stress of the game and and the tension of the game look when your livelihood depends on how well you hit a ball that we think is successful if you if you can hit 330 you're oh a fantastic goodness. ball player you're a hall of famer yeah all right so think about that that means you know 70% of the time almost you're going to fail you're not going to hit but you got to be able to understand that in your head mm-hmm. that's not easy and sometimes you're going to do what you're supposed to do well and it's not going to work out because they're going to catch it. That's right. Other times, you're not going to do what you're supposed to do, and it will work out. It's a crazy game. Yeah, it's why we well, love it. It's, it's, why great, it's one of the reasons I keep showing up. That's why it's called a game of inches. Yes. Absolutely is. It is that. And, uh, yeah, hitting, hitting is much more difficult than anybody can probably ever understand unless you've played a little higher than high school. You get into college, you start really understanding, you know, all the intricacies of that, uh, of, of the game. Even those of us who never played at any kind of high level, yeah. hitting's hard. There's, yes, it there's is. There's a reason we had to stop playing. Yeah, it, it really is. It, it, it might really not have is. been because we couldn't tell a slider from a fastball. It might have just been we couldn't hit even the, the guy's average you're, fastball hey, at you're, one point. You're, there's always a reason. Your eye and hand coordination may be just not good enough. Or not fast that's enough. That's the way it goes. Yep. It is, it, that's, it's, it's the great equalizer, you know. You, you want the people that's on the field to be the best that should be on the field. I mean, I watch Mike Trout. And the guy just freaking amazes me. He hits bad pitches well mm-hmm. as I hit good pitches well. I mean, he really does. He can get that. Bo- he gets the the bottle of the bat around in areas that I don't know how he does it. 
he's a great low ball hitter, which is so rare for a right-handed hitter to be a low ball power hitter. Yeah. And then obviously he's getting a little older now. I had to say that for a guy who doesn't seem like it was that long ago he was playing here. Yeah. But that's been 11 years now. Has it really been that long? Yeah. It's been 11 years God. since Trout was a Trav. That's um, but he's getting a little older. He doesn't quite have the speed anymore, but he's still got it. It just doesn't need to manifest itself all the time. But he's starting to battle some injuries occasionally. He's, just, but he's like Pete Rose. Must. He's incredible when he's healthy. He's like Pete Rose. Every time he stands out on the field, you're going to get every molecule he's got in his body. Much different player than Pete Rose. Now, oh, yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying, just as much as I hated the big red machine, there's two players I loved off of that team. Pete Rose and Johnny Bench. Now, I don't have Pete Rose's autograph, but I was lucky enough on my my bookshelf, I got a baseball autograph by Johnny Bench. Greatest catcher ever played the game. No no, play down to Carlton Fisk, but I'm just telling you, he was the greatest catcher I ever watched play the game. We need to sit down sometime and go through who the greatest at every position was. That would be fun. It would. We need to do a show on that. That'd be fun. We got all day to do that show. No, we don't have all day, but okay. we'd have to we'd have to talk a little bit before we did it. All right, who are we playing this weekend now? Frisco's the opponent. Texas Rangers Double A club, very talented. Uh, Jack Leiter, who was with Vanderbilt, yeah. last year just got drafted last year. Starts tonight. Oh, for Frisco, uh, really good pitcher, good stuff. Has yeah. pitched well twice against the Travs this year. Has kind of struggled of late, so it'll be an interesting matchup tonight. Uh, fireworks after the ball game. Travs are wearing special USA jerseys. Cool. Uh, silent auction for those. It starts tonight. It runs through July 4th when the Travs are going to wear them for a second time. Uh, so cool stuff going on there. Uh, another ball game tomorrow night, 7.05. A hat giveaway, 5.01. Uh, we're repping the area code <laughs> for the fans tomorrow night. And okay. then uh, one thirty-five on Sunday for a little day. I have to, to call my up. buddy. i, I got to find out. Usually on Sundays, if we get together, it's at Dickie Stevens. It should be. I love Dickie Stevens Park. It's a great ballpark. It's a great place to watch ball game. It's almost as nice as walking into Wrigley Field. When you walk into Wrigley Field and you get on the concourse, the ball field just stretches out right in front of you. That's the same way it is. You walk into Dickie Stevens Park from any of the entrances. Even when you're walking up to the ballpark, it feels special. It feels like you're going to a ballpark. It's, It's awesome. Have a good call tonight. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you coming in. Dave Ellswick's show continues after the break. Bottom of the hour, Matt Smith. We'll talk movies. Roe Wade has been overturned. All right. Came down just a few moments ago. That has happened. They've overturned Roe v. Wade in their landmark uh, opinion. We'll have to see what this unleashes here in the country. Uh, I, I just hope that you understand. If you're on the other side, you're pro-abortion. This does not mean abortion is illegal across the United States. That's not what this decision made. This decision took us back to the 70s and put it firmly in the states. And uh, here in Arkansas... It means that abortion, as we know, is going to become illegal, except for the life of the mother, because uh, that's what our law says, a trigger law that we have that goes into effect if, in fact, this had happened. So it has uh, 
It has happened. I will let you know I'm off until after I get done talking to Matt Smith here until Monday. And I will guarantee you on Monday we'll be talking about this decision. It is a monumental decision. I will I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm very pro life, have been since I was young. Um I was when I was in high school, when I was in college, when I was uh, first married, we had a, a house and we had an extra bedroom and we used to put up uh, teenage girls whose families had tossed them out on their ears uh, because they got pregnant and we would let them stay at our home and we would feed them and take care of them until they had the child and then uh, we had other friends other people in our organization that we were involved with in texas who would take it over from there and i am very pro-life today and uh, i think this is a great a great day I really believe it's a great, great day for our country. All right, Matt Smith is with us. Matt? Hey, good morning. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So uh, I guess they went ahead and released the news today, huh? Yeah, yeah, it came out. They, they dropped the opinion today, and the opinion is Roe v. Wade Casey uh, has gone to the ash heap of history where it belongs, and now it will be up on, onto states again uh, to determine what they're going to do uh, with abortion in their particular state. And I'm, I'm proud to live in Arkansas where they believe in life. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, That's I guess this where I'm at. Just happened. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. It just just gotcha. happened. I guess within the last half hour or so, oh, it, wow. okay. it, it happened. Good deal. So. Good deal. Okay. Right. And we knew it was coming. We just didn't know when. They've they've been holding it. I know. Plus, plus the concealed carry rule yesterday. You know, in New York, that was huge. Well, I mean, you know, you can't just say. Uh, nowhere in the city. I mean, that kind of makes sense, you know. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, bottom bottom line is that was a big ruling. This is a huge ruling. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm still waiting. I don't know if it's happened yet. I don't know. Heidi, have you heard anything? That Have they ruled on the, uh, the high school football coach in Washington State about, about praying? Him? What about him? What's uh, wrong with him? I don't know. Well, this is an ongoing. I think it's been going on for eight years. It's been the court system. Uh, the high school football coach in Washington State, his school told him he could not pray uh, after a football game or before a football game on the field. Oh, and wow. he says, I can pray wherever I want to. Oh, and no, he, I didn't hear about this one. Okay. Yeah, and he didn't make his – there was no uh, coercion on his part. Uh, the only coercion that was supposedly there is what the left conjured up by saying because he was a coach, uh, if you were a player, you'd want to you'd say, well, I'll go out and and take a knee next to my coach because that way I'll be on his good side. Well, let me tell you what I don't buy that. I just I'm not going to buy that as coercion. I'm going to buy that as look. You got brown noses and you got non-brown noses. Right. <laughs> just, right. just, just, just the way it works. I mean, it's the way it goes. And that guy should have been able to pray whenever he wanted to. And um, I'm waiting for the Supreme Court to rule on that too. That's a big. That's going to be a big ruling as well. Uh, 
Yeah. It just will have an effect on things. All right. What's going to have an effect? People are going to go out this weekend. Uh, I always leave this last half hour because I know people are going to go out to dinner. Uh, people are going to go out and maybe see the Travs this weekend or whatever. But they probably will go out and take in a movie. And there's two new ones now. Now, Elvis opens this weekend, and so does The Black Phone. And I'll talk about The Black Phone in a minute because I saw it last night. No, go ahead. Tell us about it. Well, I liked it. I liked it. I think that they have maybe the way that they promoted it, there's going to be some people who are going to be disappointed in it because they think it's a full-on horror movie, and it is not. It just, it's not. It's it, it's more of a. What's the best way I could put this? What do you what do you call a movie that keeps you on the edge of your seat all the time? Psychological thriller. Yeah, that's it's what a it. Psychological thriller. And it that, is. that's what it is. It's nail on the head, man. And yeah. it's really really good. I mean, we walked out. My, my my wife looked at me. Linda looked at me, and she says, uh, "What did you think?" I said, "I really liked it." Now, there's a couple jump scares in it. There's one. There's one that I'm gonna be honest with you. I jumped in my seat because I wasn't. I was not expecting it, but uh, it, it's just a great movie. And if you like movies where poetic justice happens, it's important to see it. It's great. You like the star of this film as well. Oh, I'm a huge Ethan Hawke fan. Yes, you are. And he's fantastic in this. In fact, you don't even know it's him until almost the last 20 minutes of the film. There's a, a close-up of him. And if you've seen enough Ethan Hawke movies, you see his eyes up close, and you go, that's Ethan Hawke. <laughs> well, but you say, you say you're a big fan of him, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't you be? Tell me, tell me what he's done that's not good or horrible. No, he's I mean, not. Right. He's done nothing. Right. Everything he's done has been great. Not the mob. Yeah, he's <laughs> he a great actor. The character, yes. But I just think in the last few years, uh, he has shown himself to be the best, the best character actor, maybe of his generation now. He's come out strong. He's taken some quirky roles. He's done some stuff that's different. I will agree with you on that. I'm, I'm, I'm real happy with his body of work. And, yes, he, he, he helps this movie become a psychological thriller. Yeah. It's not a slasher flick. It's, it's a no. mind game. It really is. Yeah, a lot, of people, a lot of people are going to think it's a slasher movie. It's not right. that at all. At I think all. It's better. I think it's better yeah. than that. Yeah, it's good. I liked it a lot. I mean, I liked it a lot. I give it an A. You, you go see it, and and you'll enjoy it if you if you can if you can let yourself get into the heads of the characters. Right. You're going to really like this movie, especially put yourself in the head of this kid that's uh, is is trapped by the by the this this grabber. They call him the grabber, and. Uh, you can get in this movie, and as on top of that, they took the time that this movie is supposed to be happening and duplicated it so well with the music and as they're watching TV. I mean, that he was sitting there eating a, eating ice cream and watching The Tingler with Vincent Price. I went nuts on that. That was great. <laughs> That's one of my all-time favorite horror movies. I back in the day, it was all filmed in black and white except for a few scenes, 
and it was the scenes where there were blood in it, and uh, the blood was bright red. It was really, really done well. I mean, you watch it now, and maybe you think it's kind of stupid, but I... It was a William Castle film, and if you know anything about horror, you know William Castle with 13 Ghosts and all the other movies that he did, House on the Haunted Hill. Right, right. But he, in, in his movies, he always did something extra, like uh, he'd have an ambulance outside the theater. Uh, he played a little psychological game with you, and you know, Emotion. people would pass out during the course of the movie. So we got to we got to have a we got to have an ambulance outside. And when you went and saw the Tingler, he actually wired some of the seats that it would give you a low shock. And uh, when the lights went out in the theater, when the Tingler was supposed to be uh, loose, they started hitting those up in the, in the projection booth, and people would go, ah, like that, and it, the whole place would erupted in screams. Called showmanship, brother. Yeah, it you was know, great. The old road show. That's how you're supposed to do it. That was great. Throw back to vaudeville. I mean, that's what they did with the Tingler. You were, I don't know if you saw it when it was in theaters. I saw it when I was a kid. And, uh, yeah, they the lights went out. Just saw it like, you know, uh, what was the movie? Wait Until Dark. I mean, they did that in Wait Until Dark as well. Uh, it, just, it, it just adds to the angst of the motion picture. And that's why seeing it in a movie theater was is so much better than watching it on television on Creature Features now. Oh, I, you know, it's just it's just the experience of being in there with everyone. When everybody gets shook up at the same time, everybody gets emotional at the same time. Or if you're watching Top Gun, everybody's getting up to cheer. You know, there's just that community aspect of it that is so great to the atmosphere and enjoyment of a major motion picture. No doubt about it. No doubt. Yeah, absolutely uh, fantastic when you go see a movie in a theater with a group of people. I mean, seriously. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We've got Matt Smith on. He is the man, uh, the main bottle washer, the owner of uh, all the VIP cinemas here in Central Arkansas, Hot Springs, Little Rock, Cabot, Searcy, up in Batesville. And uh, he's the man. We'll talk a little bit about Baz Ehrman's new movie, uh, Elvis. I was just talking. I had Chris Corbett on just a, a few um, moments ago and uh, on the show, and uh, he is taking his kids to Graceland, but he wants them to go to Graceland before they go see this movie, there and you go. so you kind of understand uh, what Elvis meant to his period in time in rock and roll. More coming up, Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back. Dave Ellswick Show. We've got a final few moments here. We've got about nine minutes left. But Matt, my show has been flying today, man. Hey, you know, a lot to talk about. i got a lot going on on this Friday. So let's talk about Elvis. Have you watched it yet? People love it. Okay. Uh, everybody coming out last night to the Thursday night screenings had a great time. Uh, people love the film. They say it's remarkable. They like the truth about the colonel. Uh, Tom Hanks does an incredible job. Um, you know, our Elvis character is extremely believable as Elvis. Got a great review today in the Democrat Gazette. Um, this is for fans. Uh, you know, and if you got out and enjoyed uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, you got out and enjoyed A Star is Born with Lady Gaga, 
you're going to love this film. And then, obviously, if you're an Elvis fan, you're going to love this film. But, um, you know, if you look at 2018, Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, Star is Born uh, were two of the best motion pictures of the year. Yeah. It's a really good film. Uh, it does Elvis justice. It's the truth about the colonel. Um, extremely believable. But let's just say you're walking in cold, you know, and you know nothing about Elvis. You'll enjoy this film. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really want. I want. To, I'm going to go see it. I'm not a Baz fan. I'll be the first one to admit it. I didn't like what he did to Moulin Rouge. Okay. So, um, I, because of that, I'm a little. I was a little hesitant about this movie. But I've heard enough people talking about it that it, it's raised my my uh, curiosity level. That I will go and sit in the theater sometime this weekend and watch it. Well, this is just a much different movie than Moulin Rouge. I mean, what could you really do with Moulin Rouge? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you've got a biopic slash musical connection going on here. To me, this this is much Elvis is a much better source material to do a motion picture than, than Moulin Rouge, right? I mean, what could you really do there? You see what I'm saying? Well, you had to do something over the top. That's the yeah. only thing that would have got people's attention. You're right about that. But Moulin Rouge was was kind of clownish in a way. I mean, I guess over the top to me, right, is being kind. Oh, I, I okay. I like the movie, right? I, I mean, I just didn't. Okay, but but I like Elvis. If you know, I I I I, I, I think you're being generous in your critique of Moulin Rouge. Really? Okay. okay? I was I was I was turned off by it completely. I I did you know, I mean it wasn't as awful as Cats was a couple of Christmas <laughs> ago. Right? It wasn't that awful. Okay, God, that, that was terrible. Bomb, movie. Right? Yes. But no, it's 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 Elvis is a is a much better real motion picture. You know, uh, Walk the Line, the Johnny Cash film. That was great. Yes. Yes. Now, we were talking about that movie uh, during the breaks uh, with uh, uh, Chris and and with uh, Robert. Because we all like that movie a lot, and I was just talking about that movie and, and saying, just the way they opened that movie up, where he was at Folsom Prison, and you're looking at that glass of water that was all dirty looking, and you could see the. It was kind of like the when the Tyrannosaurus Rex showed up in Jurassic Park, and you you, you got it knew he was coming by the water jumping. You know, you've yeah. seen the the, the water. It's it's and and it was such a big moment in Cash's career as well. He yeah. was he was struggling at that time, uh, and he was coming back from his, his drug addiction basically, and that live at Folsom Prison album reignited his career again. Turned it around, absolutely. Yes, correct. I think that's a much better comparison to this motion picture. That's okay. Yeah, forget Moulin Rouge. Let's go with the, the Johnny Cash comparison. <laughs> okay, Absolutely. I'll go. If you can compare it to the, to, 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 I walked the line. I can go get into it. I can tell you, I loved it. I, I walked the line was a great motion picture. It really was. You'll like this movie. Okay. It's, yes, got a great review in the Democrat Gazette today. <clears throat> Audience reaction last night was wonderful. Uh, got a good rating on Cinema Score with just the audience response. Uh, he's there with Elvis. Um, you know, Tom Hanks is awesome in his role. I, I, you'll love the movie. 
Really, you really will. You really will. You need to go see it this weekend. I go. I'll be going. I'll go see both of them. I want. I'll be honest. Between Elvis and uh, the Black Phone, I was really intrigued by Black Phone, and so I wanted to go see it. And I'm glad I have. It's a good movie. People will enjoy it. But it's not going to be the money maker Elvis is going to be. There's no doubt about that. I think you'll wish you had watched Elvis first. Oh, okay. Seriously, I, 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 I think the film's spot on. I think you'll like it. Seriously, I, I, I really do. Well, you and and you know, you and I, we like a lot of the same movies. Well, when you're looking at an icon like Elvis, you, you want him to get it right. I mean, you, you know what I mean? It, it, the film needs to do the man justice. It does. Uh, they've loved it at Graceland, and obviously, everybody there. Loves Elvis. Well, Prince so, El- his wife loved it. I mean, I don't know what more of an you know, Anna's daughter. So, yep. I mean, what more of an endorsement could you want? Yeah, that's you're, true. Yeah, you will like the movie. You okay. Wish you had watched it last night. You need to go see it this weekend. All right. So, everybody, everybody listening, hear that I'm going. If I'm going, you should be going. So, you make sure you buy your tickets to go see Elvis this weekend as well. You know? Absolutely. Catch us at Riverdale10.com. But now, of course, you can catch Elvis and Black Phone, as well as uh, Top Gun Maverick. Of course, we have um, Jurassic World Dominion. We still have Doctor Strange. Uh, those are still playing. Uh, Lightyear is still on. Jurassic is in 3D and 2D. You can catch all those movies in Batesville, Searcy, Cabot, Hot Springs, and, of course, Little Rock. And it's Riverdale10.com in Little Rock. Be sure to come check that out. Uh, free popcorn on Wednesday with the Theater Group Free Popcorn Bucket. The 2023 buckets will be in any day now. We'll get those on sale for you. And, of course, for just $4 uh, every Monday and Thursday, you can watch a movie. Uh, kids sold at just a dollar. Kids popcorn only a dollar. Uh, doors open at 10 a.m. That's every Monday and Thursday. You can get in there for those um, uh, kids' movies in the morning. Uh, this week coming up, it is Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway, PG. Doors at 10 a.m., showtime 11 a.m., and that's at all five locations. Tickets just $4, sold only a dollar, popcorn only a dollar, every Monday and Thursday. And then... Um, of course, on Wednesday, you get the free popcorn. We offer reserved seating at all locations, luxury leather electric recliners with tables. Uh, Minions is our new movie for June the 30th, and those tickets are already on sale. Be sure to check out Minions Rise of Free. com. All right. We appreciate you, man. I'll talk to you again next Friday. Dave Ellswick Show Monday. Power panel will be in. I can tell you the number one topic Monday, Roe v. Wade. We'll talk about it. I never thought I'd see it disappear before I died, and I thank God that I have been, I'm alive to see it overturned. So, Dave Ellswick Show, have a great weekend. I'll see you on Monday.
General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 